there, and welcome back. This is the Showing Up to Life podcast and YouTube channel. My name is Art Burns, and I am so happy to be here with you today to talk about mindfulness in practice and concept, because you kind of need both, right? I always tell my clients that, that it's not enough just to learn the concepts of mindfulness, that mindfulness must be practiced. And, and technically, I think, you know, like the Buddha, right? I told you the other day, the Buddha, you know, when he tried to, or, or as Siddhartha, before he became Buddha, uh, the Buddha, he, he, you know, he found the lessons and the teaching to be distracting and, and, and anti uh, or counterproductive. And so there is a sense, there is an, uh, an, a truth to the fact that if you, are, if you are able to put enough practice in, you can do it just with the practice. But in my belief, the non-dualistic sense of of needing both, right? It's it's not that one or the other is is you know effective but not full, but both together, the concept and the practice. That's where we can use mindfulness to to help us to navigate through the difficulties in life, right? The the difficulties that wind up causing a reaction in us. And that reaction is often emotional, right? It's always emotional on some level, right? But it's often so emotional it becomes physical too, right? In terms of stress, in terms of, you know, maybe even anxiety or even depression or, or, or all these body states that, that, that they take us away from the present moment, right? And yet the truth of all truths Everything that you've ever heard in your life, the one thing that you can absolutely say is true is that everything that happens in your life, every interaction, every pleasure, every pain, every hope, every desire, every you know excitement, every beautiful moment, every painful moment, everything that's happened in your life and everything that ever will happen in your life happens in the present moment. And that's the thing, right? That the reactions that we have to the world pull us away from the present moment, right? They they have us thinking about, oh, I'm going to get back at that person or, or oh, I'm, I'm thinking about this conversation I'm going to have tomorrow, right? And in those times, we're running away with our minds in that, in that, in that way. We're not showing up to the present moment, and therefore we're not showing up to our lives. And so that's what we talk about here on the podcast and the YouTube channel, and I'm really happy that you're here with us. If you're new, welcome. If you've been here for a long time, please accept my gratitude once again. And it's really just great to be here with you. And so today, I wanted to make, a, first, I want to make a really, really important and, and really exciting announcement, okay? The Art Burns Coaching Winter Workshop Series, doesn't that sound cool? Well, it starts next Saturday. Okay, I'm recording this right here on Saturday, January 8th, and on January on Saturday, January 15th, is going to be the first of a 12 consecutive classes. Every Saturday, I'm going to offer another workshop, okay? Um, last week, I did one. Um, last Saturday, I did one for New Year's resolutions and the feedback that I got and the, you know, just the excitement that I felt from the people, the 12, I think, people that were in the workshop with me, it was just overwhelming. It was beautiful. 
And so I'm inspired. And, and when Art Burns gets inspired, things happen. And so so Art Burns is is launching the weekends. I'm sorry, what did I say? The 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 um, winter workshop series. Okay. <laughs> I just came up with it this morning, so it's it's still brand new. But I'm really excited to announce. So that, so uh, again, I'm gonna put out a, a little flyer thing for everybody. I'm gonna map out the different um, uh, course topics that we're gonna cover over the 12 weeks, and um, and and it's gonna be really cool. Okay, for all of you who are already patrons, okay, or or clients, I'm gonna give you a discount. Okay, I haven't determined exactly what that is yet, but but don't worry, I'm gonna take care of you. I promise. Right, but I'm also offering this i thought it'd be really fun that you know you can choose to come to every single class if you want right um you can also choose to and and i have like a special price if you buy the whole package right and and you can also choose to um to to you know enroll in the whole thing but if you can't make them all you can give away one or two classes to someone else all right, so we can share. We can all be, you know, friends here. And of course, I'll do a bring a friend kind of discount, like you know, uh, bogo kind of thing here, you know. Um, but but we'll I'll figure all those details out. That's really my project for later today. Um, but the re aside from just being really excited and wanting to get this on as many radars as possible, I also want to just you know the the first class, the first workshop is going to be something that, that I want to talk about right now, right? And that is journaling. Okay. Now, in order for me to illustrate for you why journaling is important, right? Or, or, or why I'm inspired to do journaling as a workshop, to, to show a, a journaling workshop, which quite frankly, I think this one might roll into like a four week or a six week course after that, but one step at a time. Um, but, but, I wanted to talk first. I was I was actually having a conversation with someone the other day, just a few days ago, and and we he mentioned about you know waking up in the morning and and having a conversation with someone in his head, you know, ahead of a, of an actual conversation he had to have. So somebody at work, for instance, right? It was a you know difficult conversation he was going to have. And he found himself like having the conversation ahead of time, right? Now, now this particular person, I I I know very deeply, you know, we, he and I have been working together for a long time. And so I have a very deep, you know, sort of understanding of, of, you know, his sort of, you know, capacities and his nuances. And so, and so I didn't associate what he was doing as any kind of pathology of any kind. Right. But he went on to say that, you know, his therapist has said otherwise, right. That, 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 that his therapist would call this rumination, Right. And I get that. I really, really do. And I, I, you know, back when I was dealing with a lot of high chronic stress, you know, up till about 10 years ago, um, I mean, rumination was all I did, like constant and in my head all day, every day, just going over, 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 right? Rehashing things that happened in the past, having conversations with people I have to have later in the future. It was constant. And there was never a moment where I was just present and 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 in the present moment, right? And and that indeed was a pathology. There's no question about it, right? There was there was a lot of suffering that came from that. Okay, but I wanna, I, you know, again, non-dualistically, right? I wanna I wanna step into this conversation. I wanna step into this topic, and I hope I have enough time here for a second segment today because I have another topic that I want to talk to you about too. But but the 
the concept of of rumination, right, is, you know, the way I look at that is that it's a it's on a spectrum, right? Like rumination is the far end of a spectrum, right? And, and somewhere on the other end of that spectrum, what I would call the same thing is planning and rehearsal, right? And and so and so when I say non-dualistically looking at it, right? Like just like anything else in our lives, right? Everything that happens to us, every quality we have, every, you know, lack of sleep, every, you know, uh, you know, unpleasant meal, all of the things that we experience in our lives, right? Almost all of it is there's a good part and there's a bad part, right? And that's why we try to, we try to lead ourselves with non-judging awareness, right? Because if I don't judge something as good or bad, I can see that there's benefit there, right? And, and perhaps there's benefit, but there's also um, detriment, right? And the key is in the non-judging under, uh, in the non-judging awareness, I can discern the two, right? And I can see that 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 rehearsing a um, a, a conversation that I'm going to have at some point, well, that's not necessarily bad, right? I mean, there is actually something very, very smart and wise about walking through something before you have to do it live, right? Something very important about that, very beneficial about that, right? But again, if it's while you're, you know, hanging out with your kids and you're thinking about it, well, then now it's, it's a very clear pathology. And it's a big problem in our lives. And so, so what, we're, what we talk about then is, is where's that tipping point, right? Like how do we find that tipping point? And really, it always, in my mind, it always comes down to intention, right? And so, again, that's the idea, right? That when we're, you know, like, let's look at two different scenarios, right? Like, I could sit here, you know, right at my desk, right? And I could, I could you know, close the computer. I wouldn't do that to you, of course, but I could close the computer after I'm done here. And I can close my eyes or keep them open, whatever, and I can walk through, I can say, okay, for the next five minutes, I'm going to walk through this conversation I have to have with this person an hour from now. I'm going to walk through it and I'm going to try to, you know, plan out what I'm going to say. You know, maybe I'll even make a couple of notes and I'm going to try to prepare for it, right? And then when that five or 10 or whatever minutes is up, you know, okay, now I'm done. Now I get up and I, and I experience my life directly, okay, right? that's scenario one, right? Scenario two is, okay, I'm going to sit at my desk here and I've got these three different things that I got to do here. I got to send this email and I got to, um, I got to call this person and I got to, you know, write this, um, you know, write something up for something, whatever it is. Right. And while I'm doing these things, I find myself, you know, instead of reading the email in front of me, I find myself having this conversation, right? And then, you know, I kind of fumble through the email, do whatever I got to do. And then I get up from my desk and I go to the, the kitchen, right? To get myself something to drink, right? And, and while I'm walking, I'm having the conversation in my head still. And while I'm, you know, 
pouring the water into the, the tea kettle. I'm having the conversation. I'm turning the tea kettle on. I'm having the conversation. Just going through all the different stuff in my you know daily life that doesn't require my attention. And I'm just automatically doing this. I can make a cup of tea in my sleep, right? I do it, you know, what, six times a day or something. Well, with my daughter, probably 10 times a day, right? And so, and so you know, yeah, so I don't have to think about that. So instead, I can allow that, that ruminating mind to take over and just let it roll, right? What's the difference between the two? The only difference is that in, in scenario one, I decided I'm going to be intentional about it. I'm setting the intention. I'm taking this time. I'm doing this thing. Scenario two, I'm off to the races. Who knows what's going on there? And again, the pro- it's, it's not a problem if I'm just alone in my house and just you know making a cup of tea mindlessly. That's not the end of the world, right? Nobody's going to suffer too much from that. But what happens when my kids come into the kitchen, right? And I'm lost in this thought. And, you know, I can still divert, you know, I can still pay attention to them. But am I really there? Am I connected to them? Am I, am I, you know, do they feel connected to me in that moment? That's the question to ask yourself. And if the, if the answer to that question is no, well, then it is a pathological level of, of, of rumination. It's gone past this useful place of, of rehearsal and planning and preparing. And now it's at, past that tipping point and it's in a, 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 a place of, of detriment and, and, and withdrawing your own joy and bringing you suffering. I'm just going to check my notes here and make sure that I'm covering everything here. Cause as you know, sometimes I, I get away from myself and, uh, <laughs> and it's really, um, okay. So yeah. So, so, so the thing that we want to kind of look at when we let me check my time here. Um, all right. Yeah, we're doing okay. We've got a couple minutes. So the thing we want to check in with this, right. Or, or the thing we want to, you know, kind of understand, right. Is that, is that the idea of the direct experience, right? That's the most important thing here, right? Like, like that we're experiencing our lives directly, right? That's what I mean when I say showing up to life, okay? Now, when we're lost in thought, right, we're not experiencing life, we're experiencing what we're thinking, right? And so the idea then is, to set the intention, I want, first of all, I want to tell you a really beautiful, um, really beautiful metaphor that I heard a long time ago. And I, I swear, just about every single client of mine hears this at some point or other. And I've probably shared it here before, but it's worth repeating. If you look at a bird sitting on a branch outside your window, right? That bird didn't spend all day trying to figure out which branch was the best one, which one looked strongest, which one was less susceptible to the wind, which one had the perfect sunlight on it, which one was, you know, away from all the squirrels and all that stuff, right? The bird doesn't have to think about any of that, right? The bird simply flies to the to the, the branch and he sets down on it. Now, why he chose that particular branch, I don't know. I'm sure there's some reason for it, Right. But the point is, though, that you can't really imagine a bird going through a lot of rumination about, like, picking the perfect branch. And the reason for that, and this is where the metaphor was, is that the bird sitting on the branch doesn't have any trust in the branch. It doesn't care about the branch. The metaphor, the, the, the line, the poetic line was that the bird sitting on a branch does not trust in the branch 
The bird sitting in the branch trusts his own wings. Right? So the idea is that we can, if we experience life directly, and we're really showing up for life directly, well, then we don't have to worry about the branch we're standing on. If the branch starts to break, we'll just spread our own wings. We'll, we'll spread the wings of mindfulness and compassion, and, and we'll, we'll be able to manage whatever happens in the present moment. And even if we can't manage it, even if it knocks us around a little bit, that's what life is serving for us, and that's okay. And if we're present with it, it's the best, most effective way to get through it. And so why do I believe that this is tied into the first um, session of the Art Burns Coaching Winter Workshop Series? I'm glad you asked. I'm really glad you asked. <laughs> because journaling can be that, 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 that um, oasis for us. It can be that, that safe, secure, carved out place for us to do that thinking that we would otherwise ruminate about, right? Now, look, I have lots of different ways that I'm going to cover the, the, of journaling, right? I'm going to give like probably four or five different modalities of journaling next Saturday, okay? So there's more than just this, right? But this is certainly one way to use journaling, right? Literally sit down and have the conversation in writing at two, three minutes. That's all you got to do. Right. And what you're going to do in that two or three minutes is you're going to build, you're going to promote integration in your brain. Right. Which doesn't take long. Trust me. Brain acts very, very quickly <laughs> to the to the the uh, the cells in your brain and the molecules that make them up. You know, a, a minute is like a, a hundred years to you and me. Right. So, so two or three minutes is plenty of time. Right. And, and or, you know, five minutes if you have it, you know, 10 minutes if you want it, right? You can make it your own. But the point is that you can have that conversation. You can, instead of having it just rattle around in your brain all day, you put it out there. And now, you know, and now, and, and this is the way we, we do it. Like, this is what I was talking about last week with the, the setting the intentions, right? Remember the compass setting, right? So your compass setting is, I'm not going to ruminate outside my journaling. Right. And so anytime I need to think about something, that's a journaling practice. That's, you know, five minutes, whatever it is, I'm sitting down, I'm going to think this through and I'm doing with pen and paper. Okay. Again, the integration that you're getting out of that, the organization in your brain that you're getting out of that, it's worth it doing it on, on paper. I promise you. And if you can't do it in the paper, you know, as you're driving home, just record your voice doing it. It's fine. Go for it right? It's not quite the same impact, but it's going to help, right? But the point here is, again, go back to that compass setting, right? We set the intention, right? And we don't expect to never fail, right? We don't expect to never have a moment where we find ourselves ruminating, right? And, and in fact, it's really important to understand that and to be open and accepting of the fact that it is going to happen, right? When a boat sails from New York to London, you know, it sets a compass setting to, that, that represents London out there that they can't even see, right? But it's not like the boat just stays locked in on that, right? The boat is constantly being pushed by the wind, by the waves, by the, you know, sometimes the captain might even sail around a storm or an iceberg or something, right? 
And so, and so when that happens, right, does the, does the captain of the boat say, oh, we drifted 20, 20 degrees off of our setting, so I guess we'll go to Spain now instead or Portugal? No, no, no. The, the captain does something very, very simple. And the same thing that you can do when you find yourself ruminating. You know, all you've done is allowed your boat to be pushed off the compass setting. And so now the only thing you have to do, the only thing, there's no emotion involved, there's no bashing, there's no screaming, there's no nothing except finding that compass setting. And for, for you who are ruminating, it's super simple. Just let go and stop ruminating. And yeah, five minutes later, you find yourself ruminating again. Find your compass setting again. And I promise you, each time you catch yourself and you bring yourself back to that compass setting, you are building the skill that is going to allow you to hold on a little bit more, a little bit stronger, little by little by little. And before you know it, you are locked in <laughs> all the time. And you only drift two or three degrees from your compass setting, not 30 degrees one day, right? All right, folks, I'm going to jump into the next uh, segment here. Let me give you a little uh, teaser on what that is. Uh, we're going to talk about time and time stress. Oh, this is a good one, uh, which is going to actually tie into the whole idea of journaling, which, you know, you're going to maybe be surprised about what I'm going to say about that. So I hope I get to see you over there. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. I wish you well. All right, everybody, welcome back to segment number two. And it's pretty ironic because I'm a little bit short on time. And what I want to talk to you about today is time in this segment. So isn't that neat? And especially I want to talk about time shortage and, and time stress and how we manage time stress. And what time stress is all about. Let's talk about it. Okay, but we don't have much time, so let's get into it. <laughs> I love it when things like this happen. Um, so one of the things that I hear all the time, pun intended, yes, I'm sorry, it's a dad joke, I can't help myself at this point. Uh, one of the things that I hear all the time from people, now, I mean, not every single person, but, but truly like, so generally speaking, I always have about, you know, at any given time, I have, you know, 15 to 20 active clients, right? And, and I would say that out of all of those 15 to 20 active clients, probably 25% of them, at any given time, are telling me, and, and, and it's just, it's the reality, and I'm not saying they're wrong, right? But 25% but of them, what I'm hearing is, I don't have time to practice. I can't do it. And, and, I, and I'm not, again, I'm not saying they're wrong, okay? And you know who you are out there if you're listening, and I'm not saying you're wrong. And as you know, I respect it. And the beautiful thing is that there's ways to get around that in mindfulness practice, and that's what the benefit of a coach is, right? That, that when you have somebody, like, look, if you just read a book here, you know, they're telling you, like, they don't care. They're telling you, you got to do 10 minutes a day, you know, like, that's where you start. Right. And if you can't do that, you don't get past the first chapter. Right. Like that's how it goes. You know, and there's no, you know, and the same thing with this video here. Like there's no way for me to customize something for you because I'm just a recording here. Right. Ah, help. I'm stuck in here. <laughs> right. And so. So the idea then with a coach, right, a coach can teach you how to do informal practices that don't take any extra time. Why right? we can use the stuff that you're already doing. Right. Which is which is wonderful. I mean, that's really my 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 shtick, really. I mean, that's my whole thing. Right. That's my benefit. Right. Because even though 75 percent of people who are not saying they don't have time to practice, 
none of them have a lot of extra time, right? So it's all very, very tight, you know? Um, so at that point, it's like 100% of the clients are, 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 you know, struggling on some level with time, right? And so, and so while there are ways around in the beginning to get you into the idea, right, ultimately, we still are going to have to find some time to sit down and just do nothing, right? That, that, like, I don't allow people to go through without doing some of that, right? Even if it's just like seconds, <laughs> right? Because it's, it's so valuable and it's so, you know, it's so powerful, that it becomes really important. It becomes crucial to the practice. It really does. Like it's not, and, and again, my shtick is like we can do off the cushion practices, right? And, and, and I, you know, and, and, and that can always be the bulk of everybody's practice. I'm all for that, but I need you to at least do like two, three minutes. I mean, ultimately, you know, I mean, hopefully, ultimately, you're doing like 10 to 15, maybe 20 minutes. That's when you're rocking and rolling, okay? I'm just going to be honest with you. But but even five minutes a day is going to make a significant difference if you can supplement that and complement that with off-the-cushion practices. But I'm taking up a lot of time here, and this is my point, right? People have more time than they think they have. I'm going to repeat that once more a little bit louder, <laughs> People have more time than they think they have, okay? When we're walking around ruminating, you know, making cups of coffee and washing dishes and brushing our teeth and going to the restroom at work and your kitchen and all this stuff, right? And we're ruminating and we're, we're, we're constantly, you know, thinking about, you know, what's next and what, what's coming up and what, you know, it's, you know, the, the mind never stops going, Right? Well, I hate to tell you, as much as you don't realize it, right, those thoughts are taking up time. And while it seems like they're not a lot of time because, you know, thoughts happen very quickly, they add up. They really, really, really do. You know, the same way, I mean, look, I don't have to tell most of you, we're all, you know, we've all been dealing with economics of our home and everything, but, but it's staggering. Like the other day I went up to my son's computer. He said he ran out of memory on his computer to download this game that he wanted to download. And I, I actually, you know, went to Best Buy to get new memory. We weren't able to install it, but the kid at Best Buy was like, well, you can just delete a bunch of stuff. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's nothing in it. It's just like, you know, five megabytes here, 10 megabytes there. He's like, yeah. But I guarantee you, you have 100 gigabytes worth of those files. Or maybe not 100 gigabytes, but 20. <laughs> and he was right. Because <laughs> now my son just went through and just deleted all this stuff. You know, because he can do it. I can't. I don't know what I'm deleting. But he was like, yeah, I'll just leave, boom, 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 boom. And he freed up enough space, right? And so, so the thing is that we think that these little thoughts are just these little things that are happening. But they really add up in a way that we don't even believe they could add up. Right. It's almost like the the uh, the concept of of the difference between a million and a billion. Have you ever heard this one before? So a million seconds is 11 days if you do the math right around 11 days. Right. So what do you think a billion seconds would be? Right. Most people, they're telling you, ah, oh, it's maybe, you know, 100 days. Right. Let me go crazy. Let me say, um, you know, a year. <laughs> right. A billion seconds is 35 years. You can check me on the math there. I'm pretty sure that's what I remember. But it's something staggering like that. It's like one is days, the other is years. 
You know, so, so the point is that we do not have an accurate assessment of most of this stuff. And especially not when we're in the stress, right? Especially not when we're feeling the pressure of all these thoughts, right? Time takes on even a, a, a more subjective, you know, uh, realm there. You know, like Einstein said, he said it famously a hundred years ago. Um, uh, 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 how do you say? He said, um, he said an um an hour can go by like a minute when you're sitting having dinner with with friends who you love but a minute can seem like an hour if you're sitting on a hot stove right so the whole concept of time is so subjective and so out there that we don't even it's impossible for us to have an accurate you know sense of the time from it from an internal place not impossible but it's it's very challenging and, and it's easy to get lost in it, right? And so, so again, you know, when we can, um, I'm just going to check my notes here and make sure that I'm on point here because we are getting pretty tight on time here. So, um, <clears throat> right, right. So, so, so the idea then, right, is that, and and it's so counterintuitive and it's so hard to get people to understand this. And I don't know if you're going to understand it either, but but I, I'm going to say it and maybe you can kind of sit with it. Now, this is something I learned from John Kabat-Zinn um, eight years ago, something like that, uh, in The Full Catastrophe Living, I believe was the book where he first introduced this concept to me, right? Which is, again, the, the way that we don't co comprehend and don't understand how much time and also energy the ruminating takes, right? Because, you know, remember what I said, that, that a minute seems like an hour when you're sitting on a hot stove. Well, the same thing could be said when you're feeling tired and you're feeling drained and you're feeling overwhelmed, right? A minute is going to seem like an hour and an hour is going to seem like a minute in the other, you know, like when you're having a good time, right? But, but the idea there is that when you're in that ruminating, right, your sense of time is completely warped. And so, so the idea then is to carve out that space, right? And, and look, I mean, again, I know, right? I know. But I also know that everybody has 10 minutes, okay? You can wake up 10 minutes earlier, right? You can stay up 10 minutes later. You can decide to choose not to, you know, listen to a certain podcast, even if it's this one, because you'll get more out of doing this time in meditation than you do with listening to me. Again, it's a balance. So maybe once a week, listen to the podcast, six days a week, do meditation. We can live with that, right? Or maybe just read the emails, maybe schedule an appointment with me. <laughs> Let me find out how I can help you with that, right? But the idea is that if we can carve out that time, Right. And again, everybody has 10 minutes. If we can carve out that time and we start doing the practice, then two things, really important things start to happen. The first is that we start to control that. Right. We start to recognize when we're doing the, the ruminating and the, the, the overthinking of things and we can let that go. We can 
you know, hold it in our awareness and recognize when we're doing it and then just redirect ourselves to not doing that. Okay. Which is going to, again, free up time. Almost everybody tells me that after they've done the practices for a while, just like I experienced when I was way back 10 years ago. Okay. I used to, I went through my whole life always feeling like there wasn't enough time. Always, like no matter what was going on, there wasn't enough time. I was in a rush. It just wasn't true. It was because of what was going on in my mind. And so once I learned to do these practices, all of a sudden I felt like I had all the time in the world. Like seriously, like to me, five, like like when I had to go somewhere, right? Like like fifteen minutes, like I gotta start walking out the door. I mean, I have, I have fifteen minutes before I have to leave. I mean, come on, let's go. <laughs> Do you know how much you can accomplish in fifteen minutes? And now I'm not worried until thirty seconds. Like, yeah, we're good. <laughs> no worries. We've planned it. We have it all set up. We don't have to freak out. So that's the first thing is that we actually gain time, literally gain time because we're not wasting it with all this thinking and overthinking and thinking things 10 times when we only have to think them once, right? And that's that bird on the wing, right? We start to trust ourselves, the bird on the branch rather. We start to trust ourselves when we gain this skill. But then the second thing, and this could be even more important is that the second thing is that while we're doing this work, whether you're practicing compassion and kindness or you're practicing attention with meditation, or if you work with me, you're practicing both for even a bigger effect, but either one, whether you're doing one or the other or both, what you're doing is you're, create, you're promoting and creating integration within your brain. And your body and your whole system is becoming regulated and aligned. You're, 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 you're humming. You're, you're, you're efficient. And so you're going to start making more efficient decisions. You're going to start doing more things more efficiently. And that means less mistakes. That means less wasted time, which is more time that you're going to gain. And it all starts with an investment of time. Same way it takes money to make money, baby, right? <laughs> That's the same thing. So let's hear it. Who's going to meditate for five minutes every day from now on? Please send me an email and tell me if you're going to do it. Because I would, if, if I get, if I, you know, I would just love to hear, you know. If I get a bunch of messages like that, it will make my heart dance. And I love it when my heart dances. So please do that for me if you could. All right, everybody. Wishing you well. Thank you again for joining me today. Uh, hope you enjoyed it. I hope you're getting something out of this. And uh, I'll be I'll be back now in a few days, right? Because tomorrow's Sunday, which is a very busy day for me. I usually don't get to record a podcast. Um, pardon me. And uh, and then I'm off on Monday and Tuesday. So my next recording will, in all likelihood, be on Wednesday. Okay. Um, so I'll see you then. All right, everybody. Wish you well. Take care.